Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5. Before we get there, James chapter 5, I'll give you a few minutes. But it's out of the goodness of the heart of the Father that He makes it the access for you to reach out to Him. It would be unusual and almost, for lack of a better phrase, almost hard-hearted to have be, a, be God and have children and not let them have access. Are you listening to me? And so any good parent allows access of their children to them. Can you imagine saying, okay, we love you and you're born and I'll see you when you're 25. You don't get access. Now, that's the heart of religion. That's the heart of religions around the world, but it's not the heart of our Heavenly Father in Christianity. Can I get an amen? He's saying, come to me. He opens up the door. He invites us in. The Bible says he boldly tells us to boldly enter into his presence because of the blood of Jesus. And so he gives us access to him. We can call that prayer, communication. But also within that, he gives us access from him. You say, what do you mean access from him? Well, he just didn't say, come and let's hang out and so we can talk. And he wants you to do that. We see the, we see the example with uh, Adam. When Adam was in the garden, you have to understand, in the evening, they, the Bible says that Adam and God would come in the cool of the day and they would walk in fellowship. But during the day, they worked together. During the day, they worked together. Remember the story, the Bible says, that, and God brought the animals to Adam and said, you name them. What were they doing? They were bringing the will of heaven into the earth. Why did he need Adam? Why Adam? Why not just do it? Did God run out of ideas to name an animal? Was God bored and thought, you know, while I'm stuck, I've been working on this one for 3,000 years. Adam, come here and help me. No, the reason he brought Adam into the situation is because he made Adam over the, the authority over the situation. When he created Adam, he didn't say, and we'll have dominion. He said, we'll give him dominion. So Adam was the one over the situation, the one who had authority. The one in that kingdom that's been created, he said, all right, humanity, Adam, is going to be in charge of this. And so God honors his word. You have to understand, when, when the devil tells you, oh, everything that happens is because God allowed it to happen, that's a lie of the devil. Not everything that happens is because it's the will of God. Well, I guess if it was God's will, this would have happened. Not necessarily. Because the Bible, say the Bible. Come on, i got to warm you up fast. we got some place to go and get, get going. Amen. we don't got 20 minutes to warm you up. The Bible, say the Bible. We have to be comfortable enough within the context of the Word of God to challenge everything with the Word of God and not just the way we've heard it. Well, if it's God, you know, God's all-powerful. Yes, he is. But out of his power, he's elevated and just demonstrated through his word. And he's elevated his word, Psalms 119, above his name, which means he will not come in conflict to what he has already said. Because the moment he released it, it goes on assignment, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, and it will not return void. God is not double-minded the way we deal with it. No, I want this, mm, I don't want it, I want that. I want this person, I don't, I want to be with this person. I want to buy that, nope, I don't want to buy that anymore. What are we doing? We keep changing. God does not change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And the moment he said, I'm going to put Adam in charge, you know what? He will not change what he has said. And so when people says, well, if it happened, it must be God's will because he's all powerful. And I'm telling you, that's not true. Because the Bible says that it is the will of the Father, or will of God, that none should perish, but that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we have to realize not everyone's going to get saved, not because it's the will of God, even though he in his infinite wisdom and knowledge knows who, 
But it's not the design of him saying, I don't want you. It's because of their choice. He gave man that choice. Can I get an amen? And so back to Adam. So he brings Adam into the equation of the garden. And he says to Adam, I want you to name them, these animals, not because I can't think of anything, but because I put you in charge of this. And so you have to identify it. You have to deal with it. I've called you to prosper. I've called you to increase. I've called you to subdue some stuff. And so I'm bringing you under the place of authority of your world. And so I'm coming in and I'm going to bring heaven's resources into your mind and your heart and through your words for you to name what you see. Oh, come on, church. We got to walk into this. Because I can't find anywhere in scripture that Adam went to kindergarten. Who taught Adam how to talk? Who taught Adam how to process? It came from heaven. He didn't have school, and if he had a school, who built it? And if, who built it? Who taught him? All right? He came, from, he came not from the school of hard knocks of life. He came from the school of eternity where God said, listen, I'm bringing me through you. You're in charge, and you choose. But if you choose me, I'm going to bring me through you. So back to our thought. A good parent allows their children to have access to them, but a good parent will also allow their children to have good access from them. And so when God tells us in the context of prayer, prayer is just not so you can go to him. That's part of it. Prayer is also so that he can, you can have access from him. What does that mean? It means that the per, one of the key elements of prayer is not for you to tell God what he already knows. Some of us act like when we tell God in our prayer what we need, it's like the first time he heard it. He already knows it. But the purpose of prayer, part of the purpose of prayer is to realign us so that we have the perspective and the attitude of what the, kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the will of heaven, the word of God is saying so that we can then take heaven's resources and bring it into our world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a part of the prayer that Jesus gave as an example for us to exercise in this world. Why? So that we can bring the dominion of the spiritual world, heaven, that, that comes from heaven, from the Father, and bring it through the natural dominion of humanity on eternity and bring eternity through humanity and exercise it to the, bring the order of God into your situation. It's not you bringing God's order into your neighbor's situation because you're not over their house, but you're over your house. Your, your kids might bring friends over and they might start talking a certain way and you say, we, oh, we don't talk like that or turn on a channel. We don't watch that program. What we do at our house, you say, sorry, that's, this is not your house. You can do what your parents tell you you can do at your house. But at this house, it's my roof, my rules. Do you understand? And we have allowed the devil to creep in and allow culture and trend to define for us the environment of our house. Our, not only a natural house, but our bodies, our minds, our perspective, our spirit. And we allow, well, this is normal because everybody's dealing with it. But you have an authority in the name of Jesus by the word of God. And tell that demon, you might do that in my neighbor's house, but this is not my neighbor's house. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and the environment is defined by me. And all of a sudden, you can realize some of us are saying, kumbaya, waiting for God to deal with it. But in the New Testament, you can't find a scripture that says, pray that God will deal with the devil. No, the Bible says, submit yourself to him, and then you resist the devil, and he will flee. What are you doing? We're bringing the kingdom of heaven into our natural earthly kingdom. And not only 
accessing to our Father, but receiving from our Father. Well, we'll bring His order, His best, His alignment into our world. If you believe that, give Him a praise. The goodness of our Father is not when He allows us to have access to Him. I'm telling you, that's not even my notes. I've never heard it or said it before, but it's good. The goodness of our Father is not only allows His children to have access to Him, but they also have access from Him. And because they have access from Him, they have a right not only on the natural side, but now the supernatural side to bring the will of God into their life. You should be to James by now. James chapter 5, Amplified Classic says, The earnest, the heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic and it's working. This context of prayer is not saying, oh God, why me? This context, and there's different types of prayer. There's a prayer of agreement. There is a prayer of repentance. This particular type of prayer is not a prayer of, Lord, please do something about this. This is the type of prayer of you are aligning, being aligned by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit's repositioning you and empowering and focusing you so that now you begin to decree and declare what God's Word says to change the situation. Amen. Don't take my word for it. Challenge everything anybody says with the Word of God. Can I get an amen? And we go on to verse 17, and it gives us an example of James writes. Elijah. Say Elijah. Elijah. Oh, I like Elijah. He would be probably very interesting to hang out with, wouldn't it? When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Elijah what it was like to ride in a chariot of fire with angels and go to heaven. And then Elijah's going to look at you and say, what was it like to go through the rapture? Come on, somebody. Elijah was a human being. Someone says, I don't believe in the rapture. That's okay. You can stay. Elijah, verse 17, Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings and affections and a constitution like ours, and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. So he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and it didn't rain for, for a period of time. Look at that. A long time. Three years and six months. But he didn't say, oh God, why would he pray for it not to rain? Because he found, and we already did this in uh, more depth, he already found in uh, prior scripture, Deuteronomy specifically, where God had told his people, if you serve me, if you, if you honor me and serve me, I will bless you. But if you turn from me and serve other gods, there will be a famine in the land and it will not rain. So Elijah wasn't picking and choosing based on the creativity of what he saw or heard other people or a book he read from other people that said, ooh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to do that. Elijah got the revelation from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God, and began to say, I'm going to activate what God has already said. Because if God said it then and it was true, God saying it now and it's still true. Are you listening? I want you to hear that again. If God said it then and it was true, then God is still saying it today and it's true. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Word, John 1.1. 1, 1. And some of us have forgotten. We remember, oh, I remember growing up and seeing God do something amazing. I'm telling you, if God did something amazing 20 years ago, he's still doing something amazing today. Do not let the devil convince you that the, the, that the best days with God are behind you. Do not let the devil tell you that God used to do something in the church and no longer is doing anything in the church. Well, pastor, you don't understand. It's getting dark. And as we get closer to the last days, it's going to get darker and darker. Yes, that is partly true. Now let's flip the coin to see the other half of the truth. And because the word of God tells me it will get darker. It will get more evil in society. We see it. We 
see the progression if you've lived long enough. It's getting worse and worse in the world. But let me tell you, you're not of the world. Are you listening to me? You are not of the world. And Jesus said, you are a light to the world. And we're to get brighter and brighter and brighter until the completed day. Joel 2 tells us that there is an army coming that has never been nor has will ever be afterwards. And it's an army that does not break rank, an army that cannot be stopped, an army that follows the command of their commander-in-chief, Jesus. Are you listening to me? We, it might be getting darker out there because the devil's trying to rile up more power. But I'm telling you, the darker it gets out there, the brighter you can shine. Not because it's darker, because you are growing. Are you listening? I'm talking to people that are growing spiritually. I'm talking to people that are hungry and growing in the Word of God. I don't believe I'm talking to a group of people that just want to show up on Sunday occasionally. Those people typically, for whatever reason, do not make it around here. If you're around here long enough, you know that we have a heart for God. And we, we this thing is serious. This thing is real. And we're expecting God to do more than he did before in us and through us because our faith should be growing. The Bible tells us your faith can grow increasingly, exceedingly. And I, I, we just can't say, oh, it's going to get darker. It's going to get worse out there. So I'm just going to hide out in, in a room of my life and hide out. No, no, and a thousand times no. you got to rise up and say, it might be getting darker. But I thank you, Father God, that in me and my house will serve you. And that doesn't mean we are survivors. That means we are flourishing. We will flourish in the house of God. We're going to flourish in the courts of God. We're going to flourish in the streets. They cannot stop you. You're getting blessed even if they try to raise the price of inflation. You're getting blessed even if gas goes up. You're getting blessed. You're having increase. Quit telling people you're struggling so hard. I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything's going up in price. You ought to look at them when someone says that to you. Say, well, that's the kingdom of the world. I'm glad I'm not in that kingdom. I'm in a better kingdom because I have access not only to God, I have access from God. And if I have access from God, he was going before me, the psalmist said, and he's behind me and his hand of blessing is upon my head. I'm telling you, when they are screaming poverty, you should be flourishing as a sign of the goodness of God. Jesus didn't come when it seemed everything was perfect. The, the Bible says he came like a, a root in a desert. Why? Because it's one thing to praise God when you're blessed or when you get something, but everybody in your company got it. Your job got a banner year and you got blessed. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. But so did the atheist. I'm talking about we got to get so real with this stuff that when the atheist is screaming, I don't know how to make ends meet, he looks over to you, a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, are you listening, Bible-toned, child of God that's not weird or flaky but real because it's one thing to talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk the walk. I'm not interested in people looking spiritual. I'm not looking at people saying the right thing. I'm not looking for people to talk and act like they got it. This this is not fake it till you make it. This is the reality of the goodness of God. God's looking for people that when the atheist is screaming, help me, he looks over to you and you're smiling saying, thank you, Jesus. How are you getting blessed? Why are you so happy? And it's not for you to spit in his, his face. It's not for you to throw in his face. It's for you to be a light, Corinthians tells us. Wherever you go, you walk in. And all of a sudden, the people that are in darkness see the goodness of light and they'll be compelled to you. And that gives you an opportunity to tell them about Jesus because Jesus loves them and he died for them too and he wants them to go to heaven. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap for praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow. I got to get to my notes. 
So Elijah prayed. He prayed from the alignment of the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. And we see that it didn't rain. Now, that prayer wasn't, oh, if it's your will, Jesus. Although he wouldn't know who Jesus was at that time. Oh, if it's your will, God, please let us, please help us. I'm going to do my best. And you know, I'm not very good at this. We got more, we, we spend more time with our focus on ourselves than on Jesus and his word. When the devil's trying to get you to evaluate yourself on your level of prayer and the power of prayer that should come through you, you got to say, wait a minute, pause. It's not about me. It's all about him. Amen. What if it doesn't happen? What if it does? Let's just leave it there. Okay. First Kings chapter 17. Are you with me? Did, am I going too fast? I think someone put four more shots of my caffeine. I don't know, in my coffee. I don't know what's happening. But I'm feeling good right now. I don't know. I'm feeling good. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm feeling good too. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, it gives us the prayer that Elijah prayed. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was, the, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of... Now notice this prayer. As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. Mm, there's a lot of stuff in this. There shall, neither, there shall be neither dew nor rain... I mean, he is going to the core. He's not even saying, we'll give you a little dew. He's saying, there's not even going to be dew. There is neither dew nor rain these three years except by my word. I don't see any tears. I don't see if it's your will. Why? Because he already knew the will of God. Don't let people talk you into praying and you say, if it's your will, Lord, heal them. No, if you don't know the will of God, why are you praying? Because we have to have access to him so we can have access from him. Are you listening to me? It's the goodness of God to say, listen, come to me. And if you're coming to me, don't make it where it's a rigid discipline, where you're like overwhelmed. Come to me and get some life. Come to me and get some joy. Come to me and get some peace. John 10. Come to me. Come to me. I'm the gateway. I'm the doorway. Come in and out of me and find rest. If you feel overwhelmed, come to me. Get in the word and the presence of God. And as you do, you're going to walk out with something. And Elijah walked out with something. He had a boldness. He had a focus. And he began to say, listen, king, let me tell you. He's talking to a king, right? He's talking. He's he is working on a big scale that is of great risk. Some of us want God to do the impossible within the safe zone of our lives. God, do the impossible, but I want to do it quietly so no one knows if I mess up. You can't talk timidly and expect God to do the magnificent. You don't say, well, Lord, I'm going to play it as safe as I can, and I want you just to blow my mind. Okay, we'll leave that alone. Notice, as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. What did he do? He declared what God had already declared in his word. Well, you know, that was years ago. I don't know if that's even relevant anymore. Well, if it was in the word and in the context of the of that covenant that he was in, then it was relevant. If it's in the same covenant you're in, it's relevant. The New Testament is your covenant. So you find out what God is saying in the New Testament about you, and then that's your covenant. And it might have been written 50 years ago, 500 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but if it's in the same covenant, you have access. Can I get an amen? 
You don't, you don't buy a house and you sign a 30-year contract and you got a contract with that bank or you have a contract for that car or you have a contract with somebody and all of a sudden, three years later, they're like, you know what, I wonder if that contract's still good. Yeah, you can look, it's still good. It's a legal contract, it's still good. You have a legal contract with heaven. That's what a covenant is. That's what a New Testament, a testament is a contract. Elijah, within the context of his covenant, began to not ask, please, Lord, do this for me. What did he do? He began to decree a thing. Job says, decree a thing and it shall be established. He began to declare. It's not asking God to empower your words. It's asking God to show you the words that he's empowering. Mark 11, 23, 24. Mark 11, 23, 24, and verse 24. For verily I say unto you that, what, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Now let me read that again. This time, you do, you do the math. On your right hand, count every time I say anything that refers to speaking, and on the left hand, count for every time I'm talking about something in believing. Now, if your neighbor doesn't do this, kick them. It's okay. If they react, security will take them out because we've given you permission to kick them. Are you ready? For verily I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now look at your hands. What's more, the believing or the saying? And yet most Christians, and believing is important, but most Christians say, I believe, but all you need to do is find out what they're saying. And as some of us have taken it to the next level, and we're saying the right thing in our controlled environment. Oh, I believe God's going to heal me. But you get out there, not in your prayer zone, or not in your... Uh, in your prayer closet, your, or time with the Lord, and devotional, and you might be saying what God is saying. And that's important to do. Faith confession is not you just randomly saying anything. The, the word there is homologio, which means say what God is saying. Amen. And what are you doing is you're just speaking that word over your life, yeah. praying over yourself, whatever you want to call it, speaking God's word over your life so you hear it. Because faith comes by, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Have you heard that before? But what we're not, if we're not careful is we have to understand the process that in that hearing the Word, the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. Psalms 119, the entrance of His Word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Matthew 13, those who heard the Word and received it to their heart with understanding and then acted upon it by faith, gave action to produce fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. And so it's not just hearing it, but it keeps hearing it because it's going to renew your mind, Romans 12, 2. It's going to feed your spirit. It's going to, all of a sudden, you're going to have faith being built up. But it, the, the process is just not in that faith confession time of exercise, which is you have to spiritually exercise, my friend. Right. Paul says physical exercise profits a little, and there is some benefit, 
but spiritual exercise profits in this life and life to come. We need that time of speaking the word and praying and worshiping God in our own time to build ourselves up and charge ourselves up. Are you listening to me? And so, but it's, as you're doing that process, you know what happens? We think, oh, we got it done because we're sending the word forth, Isaiah 55, 11. And then we get out in the routine of life and we forget about the control side of it. And in the routine of life, stay with me, in the routine, routine of life, you will have people come and ask you about the situation and they don't know anything about it. I always think that's interesting. You're speaking the word of that you're the healed of the Lord. By his stripes you were healed. He's, are you, and you go through all those, or blessing or whatever, and someone will come and say, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? And what comes out of our mouth? Let me help you. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart it what comes out of the mouth. And James says, with the words that come out of your mouth, they're directing your ship just like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. In fact, he refers to it as, it can be so dangerous that it's like kindling. Have you ever started a fire? When I was a kid, I liked to start fires <laughs> at campground. We'll just leave it at that. You know, you start with kindling. You don't start with the log. But when the fire gets going, you never see the kindling. All you see is the fire. Some people are dealing with the fire, and they're like, why is that happening? Because they don't see the kindling of their words. Uh, I'm going to sidetrack from my message. Are you with me? I just stepped on something. In the process of the kingdom, because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, how the kingdom does stuff, and then all these things will be added unto you. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the process of the kingdom, it's all in the context of the word. So when, when God wanted to send a savior because humanity could not be righteous within themselves, who did he send? Jesus. Who's Jesus? His son. Who also is Jesus? John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. In that same chapter, all things were made by him and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 3. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Verse 14. He sent his word. How do you get saved? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. But before you can do that, the Bible says, how can they receive someone they don't believe in? How can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? How beautiful are the feet of, the, of those who yes. preach the gospel? Yes. Yes. Notice this. Amen. Why is that important? Because when someone is saying the gospel, preaching the gospel to somebody... They hear it, and the Holy Spirit can convict their heart, but also, stay with me, open their eyes. Because the Bible tells us that the minds of the world is blinded by the enemy. Lest they see the light of the glorious gospel and get saved. And so the world, Jesus called it the blind leading the blind. They think their ways are right, because Proverbs says every man's ways are right in their own eyes. And so they're doing life, and they think they're right. They know they are right. They are positive they are right. But the truth is they're totally wrong. They don't see it because their perception, not their physical eyes, their perception, their awareness is wrong. It's blinded. It's filtered by the enemy. And the gospel preached, the word of God going forth changes the filter and brings the light so they can see the light and then respond to it. Do you see that? So when you're speaking the word, it not only changes other people, it begins to change you. 
Because remember, as the word goes forth, it starts on the inside and works outside. It starts at the root and works out and produces the fruit. Receive with meekness, the Bible says, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. The engrafted, another translation says, receive the word as a root into your spirit. Well, that's for salvation. Yes, everything was in the context of the word solterior is the Greek word for salvation. That's all that belongs to you out of the covenant. Healing is a part of that covenant. Blessings is a part of that covenant. Peace and joy are part of that covenant. And so the word being rooted in your heart produces by faith, through the process of faith, the fruit of everything that belongs to you. The Bible says that he has already given you all, 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 all things that pertains unto life and godliness. Are you listening to me? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered the heart of man. The things that God has already prepared for them, but he reveals them to us by our spirit. He reveals them to us by his spirit. So his spirit reveals the word so that we can be aware of what belongs to us. I've seen people walk around and say, man, I'm just struggling to find a job. I wish I can get a job. And it's like every billboard right now is like, we'll pay $17,000 a minute if you'll just come work for us. Apply now and you'll get two Porsches free. You're driving around saying, man, there is so many job openings. And this person's walking around saying, I can't find a job anywhere. Why? Because their perception. Singles. Not teenagers because you're too young at this stage. Singles. I got a 17-year-old daughter. Singles, college and above, 20-something, you're single. And you're like, man, I want to get married, but I want to marry a godly woman or I want to marry a godly man. And they're just not out there. They're out there. You just don't see that they're out there. Because you feed your mind and your heart the garbage of the world and your perception is filtered by the carnality. And Corinthians says that a carnal mind cannot receive the things of God. So you could be walking by the right person, your soulmate, every day, but you don't see it. You don't see them. They're right there. You're walking by saying, I wish God would just bring me somebody. I'm so lonely. The only ones I want, all they want to do is party and go clubbing. I guess I'll just do that and try to get somebody saved out of the club because I don't know why. No no one's asking, I can't find somebody. And you're walking by that person every day. And God's wanting to show you, but you can't see it. Why? Because your mind is blinded. Right. Hmm. God works from the root, the inside changes the fruit. Amen. I had years ago, I'm not so much as direct as I am. I'm not as direct as I used to be, I guess. I had this guy that was in his 20s and asked me, he said, man, I want you to pray and agree with me. I said, for what? I want to marry and find a godly woman. And I said, well, the problem is if you found one, she wouldn't want you. You're not godly. <laughs> oh, we'll leave that for right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The power of our declarations in the context, and again, we've talked about three different areas in quick review, just touch and base, but I want to focus on one more today, and that's the, the power of the word, the de declaring the word in those three areas, into ourself, into our situation, and into our spiritual enemy, the principalities and powers. 
the personal, the practical, and the principalities and powers. But I want to talk about ourselves because we always pray for God to deal with the devil and deal with people. <laughs> Hallelujah. I won't read this, but I'll reference it. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, we talked last week in the context of the woman with the issue of blood who heard about Jesus, and she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, and that hem is not just the, the hem that we call a hem in clothes, it was literally a specific string with knots that represented the, the commandments of God or the law. The context of that under Deuteronomy 28 is that if you obeyed the law in Jesus, you got to understand operated and lived under the context of the Old Covenant. I know it, the book is in our New Testament, but when he lived on the earth, there was no t New Testament yet. Because to have a New Covenant, you had to have shedding of blood. And it was his blood that was being shed for the New Covenant. And that didn't happen to the end, to the end of the book. And so at the beginning of that, those books, you have to understand that Jesus operated under the Old Covenant. And that's why he said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So with that said, and so um, with that said, that Jesus was during the Old Testament. So under the Old Testament covenant, if you obeyed the commandments of God, then you had all these things that God would do for you. And so what she was basically saying, because one of them was healing and health, what she basically was saying, if I can touch his obedience, I'm going to access his benefits. They're not my benefits. doesn't belong to me because I'm not righteous. He's righteous. Because out of the Old Testament, it said that the son of righteousness, referring to the Messiah, would come and there would be healing in his wings. The word wings is the same word. It's the Hebrew word. It's the same word referring to those knots on the righteous prayer shawl. If I can touch his obedience, I can access what's pro his provision. The Bible says of his, of his provision, we have all benefited from him. You're righteous because of Jesus. You could be blessed because he's paid the price. You can, you can be healthy because he paid the price. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. And so she was saying, if I can touch. Now, the, the Passion Translation puts it this way, and there's a couple others also, that she kept saying to herself. So the Gospels show us that she's walking to Jesus, and he's going to be Jesus over there. Wave over here, Paul. That's Jesus now. You're no longer Paul. You are now Jesus. And he's, she's pushing her way because there's a lot of people. So she's pushing her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. So she is, she is taking a risk because they could stone her for being in the crowd. And she's got to physically, she's exhausted. Her iron count is low because her blood levels are low. Her energy is low. And yet within her, there's something that is moving her. It's not the physical energy. It's her will and the anointing and her spirit. Because she kept saying to herself, if I can get to him, I'll have it. And she would push herself through the crowd. If I can get to him, I can touch and I can have what he belongs to him. He's going to make it available because he's the Messiah. Everybody else would only look righteous, but he is righteous. Everybody else would only keep the benefits for themselves, but he's sharing it to anybody who can come. come Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And she pushed through to get to him. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. Yeah. Immediately, without him, without him logically knowing what's going, he felt in his spirit virtue healing had left and said, stop. Someone touched me. 
And the disciples said, well, Lord, there's a lot of people touching. Yeah, but somebody touched me on purpose. Somebody touched me on with faith. Somebody, what was she doing? She was decreeing and declaring the same thing. If I could get to him and if I make a contact, I'm going to be healed. She had to push through. She had to push through the obstacles. Some of us think that this Christianity is about just pray and let Jesus back up the truck. But I'm telling you, to get to where God wants you, you got to be willing to push through some stuff. you got to push through that offense. you got to push through that insult. You got to push through that obstacle. You got to climb that hill and say, I'm going to push through. It might not look easy and it didn't happen overnight, but I refuse to give in. I'm going to push through. Is anybody in the house today know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had to push through to get to Jesus? If you have, shout amen. She pushed through and kept declaring, kept saying to herself, while she was pushing through, while they betrayed me and I didn't see that coming, while they broke my heart and left me and I don't know what I'm going to do, while I lost my job and I don't know how to pay my bills, while the doctor said it doesn't look good and I need to see you in two weeks, when everything, all hell is going against you, and sometimes you wonder if you're going to lose your mind, when all hell's against you, I'm telling you, push through and keep saying what God is saying. Let the pressure of your faith pressure your enemy. And every demon that's been against you saying, oh, that used to stop them. That used to make them run home. That used to make them cry. That used to make them fall apart. It's saying, wait a minute. They're still moving forward. I don't know why they're moving forward. Let's try something else. And you keep moving forward as you decree what God is saying. As you declare what God is saying. You walk through and say, I'm the healed of the Lord. Because by his stripes, I am healed. And you push through that bad report. You push through. My children shall serve God. I am blessed coming in and I'm blessed going. What are you doing? I am pushing through. This is not pretty. If you want it pretty, I don't know. I don't know anything out there that can answer that. This is real life. And in real life, you will deal with battles. God told Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. No one will be able to withstand you all the days of your life. And I'm commissioning you to take my people to the promised land. Sounds good, God. Great, let's go. And you have to count how many kings they had to fight. If we're not careful, our day and age, we'll get, we'll get moving, we'll get moving, we'll get moving, we'll get pushing, we'll get pushing. And it only takes one half-saved, heathenistic, carnal Christian that gives you a flippant answer that hurts your feelings. Well, I'm done with this stuff. Where's the tenacity in that? Where's the tenacity in that? There's none. There's none. I'm telling you, God's bringing the anointing of tenacity back in the world, not so that you go through hard stuff, so that no hard stuff can stop you. It's not so you go through something. It's so that you keep going, even though there's something trying to take you out. 
I know I'm talking to people that something's stirring on the inside. You know what I'm talking. You're tired of settling with what they call reality in your life. And you know there's something greater for you. You know there's something more in life for you. You know there's something better. And they tell you, you ought to just accept where you're at. But something on the inside says, no, this is not what my father has promised me. He's called me to have something better. He's called me to live better. He's called me to be better. I don't have to be bound by a demon. I don't have to be waking every night in torment and fear. I don't have to have a, a drug addiction destroy my family and my finances. No, you're called to something greater. Keep pushing and declaring. Keep pushing and declaring. Keep pushing and declaring. And let the devil know that Romans says that you operate by this anointing called faith. This spirit of faith. We have believed, therefore we have spoken. We believe and therefore we continue to speak. I refuse to give up. Let the devil know hell or high water. You can't stop me. I'm moving forward. I'm praying. I'm decreeing. I'm pushing. I'm praying. I'm declaring. I'm pushing. I am pushing. I am pushing. I am pushing. Nothing will stop me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm telling you, there's an anointing coming on you right now. You're not weak. You are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You're the head and not the tail. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, the Bible says. Be strengthened with might in the inner man by the Spirit of God. Be strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Since when do we have in the Bible where we have to accept the attacks of the devil as the reality of our future? She kept pushing. She kept pushing. She kept declaring. Isaiah 55, 11, as the word goes forth, it will not return void. The centurion, centurion soldier in Matthew 8, 8 says, you don't need to come. Just speak the word only. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of your tongue. He directs your ship. James 3. But I don't feel it. Who asked you to feel it? It didn't say feel strong. It said be strong. It said be strong in the Lord. But they're talking against me. I know you feel it emotionally, but you've got to learn to say emotions. I recognize you. I'm not denying you, but emotions, let me put you in your proper place. Come on, somebody. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're a parent and you got a little kid and they're interrupting mom and daddy. You say, listen, I love you, but we're talking right now. It's a serious conversation, but I want to drink. You know, you're going to have to sit right here, wait your turn. It's not your time. But I want to go out. No, no, no. You need to. What do you do? You let them know lovingly, but sometimes sternly, that where their place in life belongs, that we love you, but right now you need to go here. Sometimes it's okay to lovingly and sternly tell your emotions, okay, I love you, and I like it when you're excited, but even if you're not, you don't direct the ship. You don't, you don't look at your five-year-old and say, where do you want to go on vacation? Maybe some of you do. I don't know. No, you look at your five-year-old. We love you, but you don't direct the finances of this house. We love you, but you don't direct the house direction. You don't direct the ship. We love you. Don't misunderstand. Daddy loves you. 
but you don't direct the ship. Some of us, it's okay to have that conversation to your emotions. I love you, but you're not directing the ship anymore. I'm not going to follow and make decisions right now anymore uh, in my future. I'm not making decisions based on emotionally how I feel. Because some of us are, oh, I just knew that he or she was the right one. And you've been moved by emotions and didn't bring in the activation of the word of God. And you found yourself in a bad situation. And I decree over your life of freedom from that addiction of being led by your emotions. It's okay to tell your emotions. I love you. But you got to take a step. You don't direct the ship. Some of you want to look to your wife and say, I love you. No, don't, don't get to fight here. It's okay to tell your thoughts. Be quiet. What are you doing? You're pushing. But I know that I'm feeling this. You're pushing. I'm thinking this. I'm pushing. And you imagine the worst thing. Get your mind quiet. Go spend time reading the word. How long? It's like someone saying, I need to, I'm so dirty from working outside and I need to take a shower. How long should I take a shower? Until you're clean. I'm, I don't know why I'm in the parent mode. Some of you, you had your kids. Did you take a shower? Uh-huh, Mom. Mm-mm, I can tell I smell you when you walked around the corner. You weren't in that shower. I put my hands in it. That's not what I want. Get in there until you get clean. What do we do? We get in the Word and read it. We get in the Word and we speak it. We get in the Word and feed our mind and our heart and our spirit. Why? Until we're clean. You are not clean, Jesus said, by the washing of the water of the Word. So I want to take the next couple of minutes in closing. And we've been doing this at the end of every service, different topics. I'm going to go back to the healing one. I'm going to decree healing over your life today. It's just an exercise, a spiritual exercise. You're like, I don't know if I agree on this. Challenge everything. Challenge everything. But I, I, I'm telling you, this stuff works. Amen. Say, I'm the healed of the Lord. Now, I didn't ask you to tell me if you're symptomatic. I didn't ask if you were in pain about something. You know, the Bible says you're the healed of the Lord. Amen. Shout, I'm the healed of the Lord. Oh, you guys are awesome. I love Hope Church. I love how God's blessing us and we're growing and people are getting saved and people are being ministered to and outreaches are happening. I just, I'm so thankful. What a great season. Shout, I'm the healed of the Lord. That just feels good saying it, don't it? You're like, but I got a headache. Just tell your headache, shut up right now. I love, I, I love you a little bit. Well, now I really don't like you now at all. So I'm going to put you back. See, some of you think that's a mistake. Some of us, if we're not careful, we'll fall in love with our problems. Uh, some of us don't need to get a divorce from our spouse. We need to get a divorce from our hang-ups. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't want to. Right, I'm going to give you a few scriptures that support that. We'll keep going back and forth. I'll point to you. Say, I'm the healed of the Lord. Because healing is bread for God's covenant children, Matthew 15, 26. Because he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you, Exodus 15, 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and will take sickness away from the midst of thee, Exodus 23, 25. He is the God who heals you of all diseases, Psalms 103, 3b. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction, Psalms 107, 20. 
By his stripes you were healed. First Peter 2.24. Come on, shout it like you mean it. Let's get mad at the devil. Proverbs 4.22. His words are life unto those that find them and health slash medicine to all their flesh. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes you were healed. Isaiah 53.5. Isaiah 53, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took, he took, he took, he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 17. You will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 118, 17. I got to do that again. You will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 118, 17. Come on, give him a praise. I'm not done, but that's it right there. Something in that. Hallelujah. Shout, I'm the healed of the Lord. Because he said so. Listen, that's not all the scriptures. That's just a few. And Peter says, let everything be established by two or three witnesses. Don't let people tell you that God doesn't care about your health. It's, it is filled within the context of the Word of God. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. It's a tactic of the devil to make you feel that the oppression you're dealing with came from God, but it really came from him. Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly, John 10. I'm telling you, the word of God says, you're the healed of the Lord. It talks about every area of your life. Get a hold of the word of a specific area. Get the word and keep pushing and keep declaring. Keep pushing and keep declaring. Keep pushing and keep declaring. Some days you're going to feel like you've made progress. Some days you're going to feel like you took two or three steps back. But don't let it stop you. Keep pushing forward and keep declaring God's word. And watch how God will do the impossible. Because he watches over his word to perform it. If you agree with that, take the next 30 seconds and give him a praise. As loud as you can. Come on, come on, come on. The devil doesn't like that there's a church in St. Louis that is getting radically alive with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And we've come to have what God has called us to have and to help people who God's called us to help. Woo! So I'm the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Tag two or three people with that and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I just sense the anointing to heal somebody. Just let that, that anointing flow in you right now. If there's, heal, if there's sickness in your body, put your hand where the pain is. Put your, put your hand where that pain is. Wherever, if you're struggling or struggling with something, put that hand. I'm going to pray over you right now as a group. Put, that, put your hand where that pain or problem was. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I send that word forth into their body. The word that says by God's power, by his stripes, they were healed. And I decree over their, their life, devil, you're a liar. I bind sickness. I bind disease. You are under the curse and you cannot and do not have a right to exist. And I set them free from it 
by the blood of Jesus. Now I call and speak into your life right now. You, by the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, and by the stripes of Jesus, you are the healed of the Lord. And if you receive it, give the Lord the loudest praise right now in Jesus' name. Healed, 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 healed. Healed in your mind, healed in your body, healed. Hallelujah. Shout, I'm healed. Shout, I'm healed. Goodness. Now I want you to look up here. We're going to do a little different. If you do not know Jesus right now, this all might have been a little different to you. But that's okay. Because I can tell you, if you don't know Jesus, something's stirring on the inside of your heart. I might not understand it all, but there's something I can tell in my heart I need. Because good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. I'm going to pray a prayer in a few seconds. Usually we have you bow your head and close your eyes out of respect, but today I want you to look right at me. If, if you know that your heart's not right with God, maybe you've never heard the gospel before, or maybe you've allowed stuff to come between you and God and you know your heart's not right. At the count of three, maybe you're like, you know, I used to serve God, but I found myself going down the wrong path. I need to get my life straightened out. I need to come back to Him. If any of those are you, don't go to bed tonight wishing you would have prayed that prayer. This is your moment right now. Don't miss your moment. This, we are in the last of the last days. God is moving. I'm saying this is your moment. Are you listening to me? This is how I'm, I feel do a little differently. So at the count of three, if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. And the, don't have to come down. I just want you to stand to your feet and stay where you are. And then we're going to pray together. But we're not going to close our eyes. We're not going to look down. We're going to look around. Because God's building tenacity in the lives of people. We're going to stand for Jesus. Are you hearing me? You're going, to, you're going to walk out of this place today, not only saved right with God, but with so much tenacity, strength on the inside of the person who you are, that spirit person, that wherever you go, when people try to talk you into sin or go in the wrong path, something on the inside will say, nope, that's not for me anymore. Yeah. Instead of just giving in to the will of everybody and then having to cry and pray, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean it. You're going to be a leader. I, I, since I'm speaking to somebody, you've struggled because spiritually you've been a follower. You're going to become a leader. Where people thought they could talk, oh, I know them, we could talk them into doing anything. They're going to see a different side of you. You're going to be a leader. Amen. So at the count of three, if you mean business, we got people already standing. If you mean business, you want to give your heart right. At the count of three, stand to your feet. And we're going to pray to pray together. One, two, three, stand to your feet right now. Come on, let's get this thing right. Let's cut the head off the devil. Let's get this thing right. Come on, keep clapping, church. Stay standing, stay standing if you pray. The Hallelujah. 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 You're going to be that leader. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. You're going to be that leader. You might not know what that means, but you're going to be that leader. So is that gentleman back here. God, when you stood up, you're, you're going to be that leader. You're going to be the one directing the ship. It'll be a ship of righteousness, not only for you, not only for your family, but for people that you would never have thought of would get into the kingdom of God or give their heart to the Lord, are going to be gravitated to follow, follow your path of what God's doing in your life. Lift your hands and pray this prayer with me, those who are standing. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I turn to you today.
I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he came to this earth in the flesh died on a cross for my sins was buried for me and on the third day rose again for me because I believe that I ask you Jesus to come into my heart wash me in your blood forgive me be my Savior and my Lord thank you for saving me today in Jesus name now father let an anointing come upon I seal each and every one of them with the blood of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit according to your word let let strength might by your spirit come into their inner person they'll never be the same they are strong in the Lord and the power of your might they will be leaders to their generation leaders to their community in Jesus mighty name and everyone shouted God bless you, you may be seated come on give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah Woo! have you had fun today church isn't this wonderful listen if you're